Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, it's another rock star in the intermittent fasting world. Allison Woods has lost, I hope you're sitting down, 140 pounds with time-restricted eating. You'll get to meet her right after this. Okay, here is your assignment today after you listen to this episode of Elisa Fisher Said Podcast. Very smart of you to do that, by the way. And that is to follow Ralston Family Farms on any social media platform and start getting the best, healthiest recipes for your family. Because we're all at that conundrum every day. About nine in the morning, you start wondering, what are we going to have for dinner? Then it's noon. And then what do you do? Well, this is what I do. I keep all the boxes, as many as I can find, of the Ralston Family Farms products in my pantry, okay? So if I've got some chicken, if if I've got a little of this, I always keep bone broth here that I make. I can always whip something up, but I get a lot of my recipes from their social media, and you can do the same thing. They recently posted one with chicken and wild rice. Oh, so good. And remember, this is the family, not just the family. It's 10 generations of farmers in Arkansas, putting out the best products that are good for the environment, that are non-GMO products, and you want them. Ask your grocery store, can you carry it? If they don't carry it, you can find on their website where they carry it, and it's probably at a grocery store near you. RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I love a good intermittent fasting success story, and you may really top anyone's I've ever heard with the amount of weight you have lost, Allison. Um, I mean, impressive. I don't even think you weigh as much as the weight you've lost, but tell everybody listening how much weight you've lost when you started with intermittent fasting. Sure. I started with intermittent fasting in May of 2019, and since then, I've lost over 140 pounds. Okay, you don't even weigh 140 now, do you? I do. I, I weigh 145. Okay, because so, there's n- uh, nothing to you. I mean, you look so slim. How tall are you? 5'6". Wow. Unbelievable. So, How did you find you. out about fasting? So I first found out about it uh, actually through our jeweler. My wife went to get my ring cleaned, and our jeweler had been this morbidly obese guy who could barely walk and had all these health issues. And she went to get my ring cleaned, and she's like, you have to go pick up your ring and go see Chris and you have to talk to him <laughs> about what he's doing. And I was like, okay. So I did. And out comes this young looking uh, guy just bounding out of the back room, you know, fit. And and I was like, I, it only been two years since I'd seen him. I was like, how did you have this transformation? And he told me that it was through intermittent fasting. And so I was like, Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. So he was telling me about it. Um, and he told me, you know, you just eat in a, for a certain amount of time and then you don't eat again. Uh, but then he went into what he was eating and what he was eating was a ketogenic diet. So he was saying, yeah, you just eat eggs and avocado and, and cheese and, and meat. And I was like, I don't like most of those things. Mm -hmm. And those, that's the reason that most diets had failed for me was because there was always some, you know, required food that you had to eat in order to be successful on this diet. Right. 
And there was always something on there that I, I couldn't tolerate or I didn't like or I just wouldn't eat. And so I was like, oh, here's another thing that works for other people, fantastic results, but won't work for me. So I came home and I was really defeated, actually. And I, I talked to my wife about it. And she's like, well, I don't know if that's really all that you can do. Because she then told me there was a doctor that she worked with who was doing intermittent fasting, but he ate anything and everything. And he was having great results. And I was like, oh, and we really trust this doctor. And we're like, well, if he's doing it and it's working, maybe I should look into it. So I decided to do a little bit more research and not just give up. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And um, the first information I found, though, was that it's really just a calories in, calories out thing, which you and I know is not true, right? But that's what I found. And so uh, all the information I had was saying, oh, as long as you keep it to less than, I don't know what they said, 10, 20 calories during your fast, uh, you'll be fine right? And so I was like, great, because I don't think I can go without food for that long and without like having something in my mouth. So I'm going to be drinking my diet soda and I'm going to be chewing my gum just to help me get through because there's no way I could do it without that, right? Oh my gosh, it was horrendous. It was so hard. I was literally like holding on to the counter, white knuckling it, watching my phone, willing it to get to 16 hours <laughs> right. so I could devour everything in my kitchen in eight hours. And I was like, how, how is this even something that people are doing sustainable? How is this something that, that I don't believe that people are doing this for years and years, like for a lifetime. I, this is not a lifestyle. You thought it was like, a temporary fix till you got to your next goal. And then you would go back to your all day grazing because yeah. someone told us to eat six times a day. Yes. Yes. And so that I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to really do this forever. I'll do it for right now because I want the results, but there's no way I'm going to be able to do this forever. Had you been a longtime dieter, Allison? Oh my gosh. I've been on a diet since I was nine years old and I, I was 50 when I, I was just about to turn 50 okay, when I discovered You look like this. you're in your thirties. <laughs> no, you laugh, but it's the truth of what I'm really 80. Don't I look great? No, I'm kidding. Um, but it's the truth of intermittent fasting and what um, lowering our insulin resistance, becoming more insulin sensitive does to our skin. Your hair mm -hmm. is vibrant. Mm -hmm. You look, mm -hmm. you look great. And thank you. All those years, probably you were either on a calories in calories out, which we know there's a fallacy that it's the math that doesn't add up. If it did, we'd all be our third grade weight, right? Right, right, right. But um, the constant barrage of insulin produces inflammation, which makes our skin look bad, gives us usually puffy just around your eyes. I would say the first thing I noticed and my clients notice as an intermittent fasting coach is they say in the first two weeks, the puffiness starts to dissipate. What do you think it was for you? Yes, I agree. The puffiness for sure. I didn't even realize how puffy I was until I did a face to face. Like I'm, I'm in these Facebook groups, right? Yeah. They do face to face Fridays where you put up your now and your before picture. I put up a picture that I used to have as my profile picture because I thought it was the best picture of me. <laughs> right. And I had no idea how puffy my yeah. face was. Yeah. 
and at first when I when I first started and I lost the inflammation, I was like, oh no, my face is like disappearing. It's like, what's going on now? And now it's like, oh, this is what healthy looks like. Yeah. But well, well I didn't know. also I think people remember when Oprah did Metafast or Optifast or whatever that was. And remember, she came out on stage, and I remember thinking then she didn't look wonderful. Now her bottom was smaller, but I'd never thought it's like we like fat Oprah better than skinny Oprah because when you use the wrong methods to get to that temporary goal, which she showed mm -hmm. us, it was temporary. You're, but they're probably cutting fat. Remember, she cut fat, which fat is so valuable to everything about us. And nutrients, because you're doing things like zero calorie drinks and chewing gum to get you to the next hour of the day. And it doesn't do anything that fulfills you nutritionally. And you showed that. So how long then did you, so we call what you did just, I mean, you know this, but for people listening, we call that the dirty fast, meaning you yes. might be fasting technically calorically, but you're still releasing insulin. So that means you're not fasting. And then the clean fast is when you only have water, black coffee, unsweetened tea, or sparkling water. How long were you doing the dirty fast before the light bulb went off and you thought, this is really hard? Yeah. So it wasn't until August when I really was like, I, I don't understand how I'm going to, I need more information. This doesn't seem right. And I'm still having all these cravings. I'm not getting all the other benefits people talk about. And so what well, I need to um, dig into this a little bit more. And so I was digging in and somewhere in a comment in some Facebook thread, somebody said, if you really want to know how to, how to do intermittent fasting, read Delay Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. And you and I yeah. are both familiar with yeah. that. So well, that was the book that changed everything. I read that in one night. She told my story. I totally related to everything in the book. And I started clean fasting the next day. And I, I went back and looked. I was able to do a 20-hour fast that next day once I start after I started clean fasting. Like it was easy. Yeah. Easy and, to do. Jen says in her book, because Jen was that was morbid obesity, I think, because she's 5'4", and I think she was 210, and she's somewhere around 125. She doesn't know because she doesn't weigh. But she said so much of her early days of fasting, she was drinking the, she called it nursing, the diet sodas, mm -hmm. um, doing things that you think are aids, but they're not. They really sabotage any success you have. And then, yes. and she had dieted a lot too. She had done, you know, she had done the, one of them, my favorite was she would chew the food, maybe spit it out. Or, I mean, it was, it was some, I mean, hopped on one foot, you know, uh, crazy things. Um, but then her success is obviously her mantra and her signature. I mean, it, it's, mm -hmm. she's changed the lives or helped us change our lives because we had to make a choice to do this. Yeah. Um, so you were at the time, so are you saying you started, you were 50 years old? I was 50 years old. 50 I'm years 52 old. now. Wow. <laughs> I was 50. And, um, you know, I had been on a diet my whole life, really, and been morbidly obese. I couldn't even say that word, let me tell you, yeah. until now. Sure. It's only since I've lost weight that I can even say the word obese. Because I said we, I was overweight. You know what? We shame. We've put so much shame on the overweight population that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they, they've, and some of them are hiding a secret because I do know food addiction is very real. But for mm -hmm. those that aren't 
who aren't food addicted, but who are addicted to insulin, you know, there's also shame in that. And with this lifestyle for us, we don't feel shame because we still get to eat the things that we thought we were told were bad and on the mm-hmm. don't list. Mm-hmm. But then, as you know, your diet's probably changed. So tell me what you ate in 2019. And here we are in 2021. So two and a half years later, what are some foods that maybe have changed for you? Oh, so much has changed. So when I started in 2019, I took the mantra delay, don't deny to the fullest. And I ate anything I wanted to in my window. And so I was still eating the types of foods that I'd been eating before I was fasting. Um, And it's almost like I was testing it. Does this really work? Like, can I really Uh go have fast food and it works? And it did. And can I really uh, go out to restaurants all the time? And and it did. Uh, but then I remember there was one day when, and I don't remember how far in, I think it was just a few months into my journey after I'd started clean fasting. Uh, I went to McDonald's to get myself and my son uh, some dinner. And I pulled up and my window was opening. And so I was looking forward to it. And I pulled up and nothing on the menu looked good. And I was like, this all sounds like it tastes and I know it doesn't taste very good. And it all sounds terrible. And I would rather wait, keep my window closed a little longer until I can get home and have delicious food that I love that I can make myself. And I was like, who am I? (laughs) I think that's a question a lot of us ask when the switch is flipped of mm -hmm. all of a sudden thinking, no, I, I don't want the cheap ice cream sundae from the drive-thru. I'd rather go home and get the highest quality of something, whatever it is. And yes. you could have gone yes. home and had a hamburger and french fries, yes. but you wanted to use, you know, maybe organic beef and mushrooms and onions from the local farmers or whatever. It's just funny how all that changes. Yes, yes. So highly processed foods are the first things that really became unattractive, And then about um, a little less than two years into my journey, I started finding I was overeating again in my window and the food was starting to come back and uh, it was highly processed foods Hmm. and sugar. And I started doing a search uh, again, going to, you know, Dr. Facebook, Dr. Google, how yes. do you stop binging in your window? <laughs> right? Because I did, I, I knew it, it wasn't the way that I wanted to be. I knew that it was unraveling all it, it was like the food chatter started again in my head all the time. And I didn't want that. Right. So I, I, I took to my keyboard and Every single answer that came up had something to do with sugar. And I was like, Mm. okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've known, you know, we all know sugar isn't fantastic for us, right? I mean, like, I've heard that and I've tried to go sugar free for a long time. Right. And it's hard. It's hard. Uh, But finally, I was willing because I want my food to be window worthy. I want to feel healthy and I want to continue to feel great the way I feel 
all the time now. And so in May of this year, no, no, now we're in 22. May of 2021. Oh, and I may have said 2021 earlier. I meant 2022. Yes. Yes. May of 2021. Uh, I went sugar and flour free. And you really it's did. a daily choice. And uh, uh, have I done it perfectly? No. Do I experiment every once in a while and say, oh, maybe I can have some again? Mm, and then I find that the peace goes away and I don't like that feeling. And the clothes start to fit a little tighter again. And I don't like that feeling. And it's just easier to just say no completely for me than to say, oh, I'll have a little bit now, but not a little bit then, but a little bit now. But like that doesn't, that kind of intermittent reinforcement of it does not work for me and my brain. Probably one reason you look so good is sugar so inflammatory and white flour is so inflammatory. That's probably another reason your skin's not crepey. You're not puffy. Um, Mm -hmm. Sugar ages you. I mean, it really does. It oh, and really I hate does. it. I'm sick about it because sugar is my boyfriend. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that, like I said, I've known for like 30, 40 years that sugar wasn't doing me any favors, and yet I was unwilling to do anything about it. Yeah, it's hard. And then, then a, a light bulb went on, and I was like, okay, I I just. And for me, it's a choice to feel great. Yeah. And so I, the question I get a lot is, how is this any different than a diet? Right? How is this yeah. any different? And for me, there's no guru telling me what to eat and what not to eat. There's no list of foods that are on the do or don't list. Um, the foods that I enjoy that I eat are on most diets. Uh, you shouldn't have that list. The forbidden food, right? Right? right. I love white potatoes. Right. I eat rice. Yeah. I eat a lot of rice and beans. <laughs> I, you know, so I eat a lot of carbs, right? But they're the healthy carbs. They're not the uh, sugar, flour, highly processed, processed carbs. Right. Well, plus yeah. your DNA. Are you of Irish descent with your blonde hair? No, <laughs> I am. I, I am uh, Polish or po- okay. and, European, uh, yeah. Russian, yeah, so, yes. but European. Yes, yes. So, so potatoes. Yes, yeah. so that's it. So I'm Russian Jew, that black hair and fair skin, Russian Jew. My mother was a redhead that's Irishman. So all those food, I could eat borscht soup all day. I could have pickle. Yes. I could have sauerkraut all day. All the foods for my people are so good, but those are the foods. The potatoes are the forbidden foods for some people, but. Right. Not if your DNA has you wired another way. So I I just don't listen all that. Um, Okay. Let's go back to nine-year-old Allison. What, what do you think? Did you have trauma, divorce in the family? What triggered you to have that weight gain? Do you think? Uh, When I was nine, it was that I realized I was the biggest girl in the room when I was trying to dance, but I have been overweight my entire life. And it started from like age or two or three. I cannot point to any trauma that happened in my life. I am just one of these people who yeah. was born with this addict brain. Right. I just was. I, I get it. And I I have a history of drugs and alcohol too. And all that was all behind trying to control my food, by the way. Oh. I did drugs to try and stop eating. To satisfy. I get yes. it. I get it. Yes. Yeah. And I did. 
It did. When I took drugs, I didn't want to eat. So right. that was fantastic. I lost all this weight. I looked terrible. I was right. sucked up and sunken in and, right. <laughs> you know, have all these other, you know, really bad consequences from doing drugs. So I've been clean and sober now since uh, June 9th of 1993. Congratulations. So, thank you. Uh, but so at age nine, it was that I begged my mom to help me because I didn't want to be the biggest girl in the room anymore. Was she um, overweight or anybody in your family? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, well, I, my whole family. Back to I DNA. No, we, DNA. And, and I will say, I know the science has changed. 30 years ago, we used to say you can't outrun your DNA. Now we're saying because of epigenetics, you can do some things, but there's still a DNA imprint that you've shown us. You just have to reach a little further. What has your family said, your biological family, not your wife and son, mm -hmm. but your biological family, what have they said about the weight loss? Oh, they are just so happy for me. Good. And my mom now does intermittent fasting. Awesome. She's been doing it for over a year and a half. She's in her 70s and awesome. she's never had the healthy relationship with food that she has now. That's awesome. You know, because Jen Stevens tells the story, you know, and the Bible says a prophet is without honor in his own hometown because she said her mother still pops the diet drinks and talks about the calories and all that. So sometimes our families look at us and go, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So yeah. I'm glad your mother said, well, tell me more. Yeah, it took a year after I had to have like big results. Yeah. And then and in in the meantime, she was supportive. You know, my mom and dad are both very supportive. Uh, but they didn't understand it. And, um, you know, I, I got a little bit of mocking every once in a while. Yeah, cause it uh, sounds because it sounds crazy at first. When It does. You know, when I first heard about it, I thought, I, starving yourself is never going to benefit anybody. And then when we look at the science and realize that the food industry is behind a lot of our marketing, you know, um, we don't need a fourth meal that Taco Bell says we need, we really don't even need a third meal, if you want my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, I'm with you. and again, I, and I'm all for capitalism. I'm all for people doing what they need to do, but I'm not going to imbibe. I'm, I'm not going to partake. And, you know, I, I'm just a weirdo on something, on many things. So that's one of them. Um, so in your teenage years, you're already overweight. Do you, I would assume you had some type of PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, because that's an insulin resistance issue. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up and when I was in my teen years, no one was talking about that. Yeah, that's stuff. true. That's true. So none of it, I was never diagnosed with anything specific. They just always said, you need to lose weight. You right, know, and here's a diet pill. Did you take diet less? pills? No, never okay. did diet oh, really? pills. That's good. Um, I don't think I ever had a doctor who prescribed them. Oh, girl. I think if I had found a doctor who had prescribed them, yeah. I would have taken them. Well, it's it was it was not because of uh, any like, you know, oh, I don't do that. Right. It's just I didn't have access. <laughs> well, in college, you know, I, I weigh, I say I weigh 150. Now in college, I weigh probably 140. And I thought that was too much. I'm five, eight. I'm fine. But in college, I think I got up to 142 once. And so I remember all the girls in my sorority, either the guy was, the doctor was handing them out because we all came mm -hmm. back. It was not Fen Fen. This was the 80s. We took whatever it was. I took one that morning at 
9 a.m. By five o'clock, I was sitting on the bed in the Chi Omega house, <laughs> sobbing because you come down from it. What goes yeah. up must come down. It's an upper. Right. Right. And I remember thinking, I, I am so sensitive. Like I have to take half the Tylenol of what everyone else takes. I'm just, my, I don't know what it is. You know, and I have a family of drug and alcohol abuse and maybe it's just God preventing me from going there because I can't, I can't, I yeah. can't, can't do it. But I remember going, okay, this isn't going to work. And I remember those girls uh, at University of Arkansas or wherever we were. I mean, it doesn't matter. This was in the eighties. They would lose the, I mean, it's like anything else. Well, they would lose the weight for that week. Yes. And then when they were off it, they felt terrible. And then the other thing we all did, I think, one of the national franchises. And I know it works for some people, just didn't for me, but Diet Center. I think I did Diet Center to lose. I did like, Diet Center. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I did it to lose like five pounds. I chewed these little things mm -hmm. and I ate what they said. I mean, mm -hmm. but again, this is what I tell people in my fasting coaching, because they often ask, can I combine this program? And I, I don't want to malign anybody's because it may work for them. It just doesn't for me. May I combine counting points? with time-restricted eating. And I go, well, the, the downside of that is we never, I say, want to rely on outside cues telling us we're full. I don't want the diet center to tell me, well, I've already had my three um, wedges of the, whatever it is, I'm eating orange and you can't have any more. I want my body to tell me, because if you listen to your body, your body's a whole lot more reliable than what their paper math is. So, I mean, could you do that stuff? I, I just don't know if it would benefit you. What's your opinion on that of combining, you know, these rules with yeah, what our body tells us? So I agree with you that it, the, one of the magical things for me about intermittent fasting is being able to listen to my body and know when I'm full and to get those satiety signals. Yes. Before intermittent fasting, I used to say I didn't have an off switch. I know now that it's because my hormones were all out of whack and the hormone leptin, which is our satiety hormone, was being blocked because of how much insulin was coursing through my bloodstream. And so with, with my body not being in my brain, not being able to read satiety signals ever, I just ate and ate and ate until either there was no more food left on the plate or I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. uh, so with intermittent fasting, the first time that I could feel that I was done, but not stuffed was amazing. And I know from my experience that just like what you're talking about, if I have a pre-programmed set of you can have X number of protein ounces and X number of fruit, you can eat two fruits per day and you can eat four vegetables per day or whatever it is, then I start looking at that. And at the end of the day, at the end of my window, I'm... I've eaten all the food that my body needs, but yet this piece of paper says I am owed one right. more fruit. Right. And then I eat the fruit because I'm not going to give, you know, I don't want to leave any food on the table, so to speak. Right. And when I do that, I then lose track of my own satiety signals. Right. And so I do the powerful. same. I, satiety yeah. signals are powerful. Yeah. 
And so I do the same with my clients. I encourage them to learn to listen to their own body's satiety signals rather than some outside program. But in the beginning, if you're so used to it and you don't trust yourself, it's hard to let go of that. And I understand that. And so if, if I, I, I ask people to, to give it a few months of working on and doing intermittent fasting without relying on outside things to, to give their body time to adjust and give themselves time to learn to trust their own signals. Well, again, the marketplace has told us we can't rely on ourselves and that's why we have to have a Diet Coke or a Snickers because we get hangry or whatever it is and we don't, we're fine. <laughs> and you mentioned mm -hmm. it earlier of there, there were times this is my fifth year. I started in 17. So um, I've started my fifth year in 2021, I guess. Right. I can't do Fantastic. math, but you know what I mean. Um, and in the beginning, I, I did think, well, I've got to get food. My window's open. I have to get food. And it, it took, there was some growing there. You know, you're, you're a babe. And then all of a sudden I was at kindergarten level. And then kind of when I was in the middle school level of intermittent fasting, I remember thinking, you know what? I don't have that food. I don't have to have drive-through because remember we thought that food gave us energy and we mm -hmm. know now food tires us, fatigues mm -hmm. us because of rest and digest. Our bodies mm -hmm. need a break. Digestion's a big deal mm -hmm. and we don't give our body enough credit and enough room to digest. We're so busy saying, well, I have to get this many calories and I need to eat five times a day. So I remember in the beginning, those first few times, Allison, of going, you know what? I'm not going to go to the drive-thru. I'm good. And trusting myself. And then magically, it's a few hours into it and you've passed your 18-hour goal, your 20-hour goal. And that's when you get to a 20. It's easy to, I mean, not. it's not easy in the beginning, but then you one day walk into it, you've done a 24-hour fast easily. What is your longest fast? Did you ever do any of the longer fasting? Uh, my longest fast is 44 hours. So I did, um, like, it, it was a mealless day that I turned into a 44 hour fast. So like from a Sunday to a Tuesday kind of thing. Yeah, it's basically two sleeps. <laughs> without yeah, it is uh, that second sleep is hard. I'll tell you. I, I did not find it that difficult Good for you the difficult part for me comes at 24 at so the difficult i have two difficult points one is at 20 hours which yeah. is my sweet spot yeah right that's where i normally so my body goes hey you usually feed me now at 20 yes. hours give yes. us food and then my other one is uh between 24 and 26 hours uh, my body's like did you forget <laughs> you know that's a common what you're saying is a common thing that i hear from people i don't know if that's a circadian rhythm mm -hmm that follows that something in our day. But a lot of people say, if you can pass 24 to 25 or 26 hours, then you're good. Hey friends, if this is your year to lose weight, I can help. I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach and I received a lot of training personally, just as an intermittent fasting success story myself. And now I've been coaching people since 2021 and people who have lost a lot of weight. You may have heard the story with the chef from Arkansas who's lost over 90 pounds is still losing weight. 
lots of women losing 30 and 40 pounds because I know the science and I can help you. You can reach out to me by going to the show notes. You'll see a link. Or you can just email me fasting at lisafishersaid.com. You can go to my website and see that same link. But kids, I can help you. I can partner with you. I can show you the science. It's resetting your hormones. That's what this is. It's not a caloric imbalance. It's a hormonal imbalance. And I can help. Fasting at lisafishersaid.com. It sounds crazy, guys. I know because the first time I did it, First time I did it, um, and it's easier for me. I'm an empty nester now, and before COVID, my husband traveled. So I knew he'd be gone Tuesdays through Thursday, so I would do a few of those. And he leads an intermittent fasting lifestyle, but he wouldn't need to even do anything longer than 18 hours. Very slim, very fit. So the first time it, I remember talking to my son and I, it was about five o'clock. So I was about 24 hours in and I do TV commercials. So I just done TV commercials. I'm kind of on a high. I, I do my best in the fasted state because I'm clear thinking I'm reading the teleprompter and I don't love the teleprompter. So it was about five o'clock. And I remember my son who was in college at Baton Rouge and at LSU, he goes, well, why don't you just make it a 36 hour fast? And I was like, hush your mouth. Do not talk to your mother that way. And he goes, mom, you can do it. It's good for your immune system. You know, he's the one that introduced me to fasting anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was five o'clock and you know what I did? I just went and I think I got like the good bubble water. That's when I first started Topo Chico. I mean, it is my fix, my drug, you know, I love it. Um, And I did, I just, I went ahead and went to bed early, like at nine o'clock. Because I thought, I don't want to think about it. I didn't turn the TV on. I didn't want any cues telling me that I deserve food. And then the next morning he called me and it was about eight o'clock. And he said, technically you could eat. Because maybe at that point I was at 36 hours. I can't remember. He said, but push yourself. And I think I got to about 40 or 42. And I, I was having lunch with somebody. And I remember looking up thinking, I did not die. (laughs) <laughs> that first time I did not die. So do you, did you do that to heal your yourself or to help with insulin resistance? What was your goal? My goal was extended autophagy because when losing this much weight, I did have a lot of, I still have some, but uh, loose skin. And I know that autophagy can really help with that. And so that was my primary goal uh, as well as just in, in, increased health and boosting my immune system. So I I do one every once in a while. Um, I was doing a modified alternate day fasting for a few months uh, in like January and February of last year uh, to break a plateau. So I had stalled with my weight loss, but I was still in the obese category, no longer morbidly obese, but I was still in the obese uh-huh. category and I wanted to get down. And uh, so I, I tried the modified alternate day fasting and it, it worked, but I, I, and so with modified alternate day fasting, you have a 500 calorie meal within like a 30 minute time period in the middle of your fast. So you're technically doing like if it's a 40 hour to 20 hour fast yeah, with that's a true. small break. Yeah, yeah that's a it's, good way to put that. Yeah. You know, but it's still a down day. So then yes. you have an up day. So um, I don't call that my longest fast because it it's still you breaking broke it up. With food. But, yeah. But I was doing that down day, up day, pr- 
Um, and then the next day you eat two to three meals. So I was doing that and it broke my plateau, but I found I prefer to have a full meal every day. Like I don't, I don't yes. like the down days as much. Yes. Uh, and I actually don't really like the up days of having two to three full meals anymore. I'm used to having one big meal. Like it's a big like restaurant style yeah. meal. I call it one meal a day, but I'm eating it over four to five hours. Right. And I prefer that than trying than eating for six to eight hours as an up day. So I went back to my 20 with the four hour window and love that much better. So how much do you think you lost during your um, alternate day fast, your modified alternate day fast? No, uh, I think I lost about 10 pounds or so. That's good. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Now, just for people listening, autophagy is the magical cellular <laughs> clean out we talk about. We, yeah. I think Jen Stevens is the one who called it like the Pac-Man, you know, it's <laughs> eating the six cells, but also in that there's just a lot of healing that's done. Um, it really helps people who are insulin resistant. This is not medical advice. My attorney wanted me to remind you of that, uh, but this is science that we know. And if hashtag we trust the science, then it's just a good time to understand that autophagy is a great thing. And you also mentioned the reason, so I've done some ADF just to mix things up. <laughs> if people understand the role of insulin and insulin is very valuable, have to have it. Every cell has to have it. But besides being a fat storing hormone, it's also a hunger wakening hormone. Once you release insulin, because its job is to lower that blood glucose and gl blood glucose goes down, then you're hungry. So the days you eat 500 calories, you're kind of almost hungrier. I know it sounds crazy than if you do a longer fast. That's how I feel. How do you feel about that? Uh I actually found that doing just a 500 calorie meal w worked for me because I like eating every day. Yes, I understand and that. So I did not experience excess hunger afterwards, but I found foods that I could have a volume of food within that 500 calories. So I think the volume of food okay. helped my body feel more satisfied. Yeah, like I, I had brain. a big salad. Yeah, like I'd so, have a big salad. So okay, well, the, like since I'm ne I've never been a calorie counter, so that yeah. the challenging part for ADF or that doing an update down day approach, meaning you have 500 calories, is knowing what is 500 calories. So what did you pick? Like what, Yeah. how did you know how much it was? So what I did was I picked out two or three meals that I could just have as a grab and go option. And I used um, the app MyFitnessPal yeah. to calculate them out because I did not, I, when I first started, I started getting very obsessed again about the numbers mm -hmm. and doing all the research. And I, I don't want to count anything. I really right. don't. I don't even want to count calories. I don't, I don't want to have to focus on that and have that one of the things about intermittent fasting that was so freeing was not having to count or keep track of or any Absolutely. of that. So I didn't want to do that. So what I did was I, when I first started was I calculated out a few meals that sounded delicious to me and I keep them at the ready if, if I'm going to do a down day like that. But I, I haven't done that now in, in several months because again, I, I it, 
I, I don't prefer that way. But so the types of things I would eat would be uh, like a giant stuffed potato stuffed with um, some steamed vegetables and cheese and butter. <laughs> uh, or uh, I have a, a what I call a down day salad. It's a giant salad and I have uh, cheese that I put on there and uh, a certain amount, uh, a certain kind of dressing of balsamic vinaigrette I really like. And I'll have that with some homemade soup that I've made, either a vegetable soup or a minestrone soup or something like that. Are you like a that. vegetarian? Primarily mm-hmm. eat vegetarian, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I tend toward it. I prefer it, but I do eat meat. So what does your wife and son, or what do your wife and son, it's a son, right? You said you had, what do they do on the days that you weren't either eating or you were really, you know, keeping a lid on your calories? Yeah. So my six-year-old is uh, very well aware that mommy and mama don't always eat when he eats. Okay. And he's, He's okay with that. He also knows now that I don't have sugar. So when we go out for ice cream, he's always like, remember, mommy, you don't have sugar. So how are you going to go out for ice cream with us? And I'm like, I'm going to sit there and watch you. <laughs> and I'm going to drink my my San Pellegrino, which is yeah. my my okay. drink of choice. <laughs> um, my wife is now an intermittent faster as well. She started just a few months after I do. And so our, she prefers a morning and early day window while she's at work. My preferred window is actually midday, like one to five. Yeah. And so we, we, we sit down for dinner with my six-year-old, but it's more about being together as a sure. family. Just visiting and, and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's eating, uh, but we don't have to eat to be gathered around the dinner table as a family. Uh, now, what do you do for a living, Allison? I am an intermittent fasting coach. Okay, great, great. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Same, <laughs> isn't it? What was your career before this? So, uh, I was an organization development specialist. I have my doctorate degree of psychology and organization development. <laughs> okay, before show off. that. <laughs> before that, I was a health educator, and I have my master's degree in public health. Wow. Uh, I've done a, a lot of work in human resources and training and development, change management, leadership development. So you love people in the process with people. So that's why intermittent fasting coaching is perfect for you. You can really read people. I love it. I love helping people. All yeah. I ever wanted was to help people. Everything I did was kind of my whole career is like kind of behind the scenes things that are helping organizations become better. And I love that. And it's, it's working with the people side of it, not the like financial or, or operational side. It's always the people side. And I retired when I was pregnant and getting ready to have my son. And then I, I, I've gone back and I've, I'm been a organization development consultant now for about five years. And I'll do some trainings and things like that for people. But I really, started looking around after I had been intermittent fasting for a little while. And most of my friends are intermittent fasting. My mom's Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. My neighbors are intermittent fasting. I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, it's you, (laughs) Allison, you, you're inspiring us. And I was like, how many more people can I help? 
with this? How, yeah. how many, I want to scream about it yeah. to everybody. Yeah, when I, am, when I go clothing shopping now, I, I am always like, I just lost a lot of weight. Like I'm screaming, like, you know, and I'm like, and I did it through intermittent fasting, you know, just in case anybody there is listening. Right. Uh, Are you a size <laughs> six or eight now? I'm a size eight now, eight, yeah. which is unbelievable. I know. When I started, I was a size tight 24 pants. Oh and I was wearing two X tops, and now I wear small or extra small. And yeah, because you're just, tiny. It, it blows here. me. Away. Yeah, it blows wow. me away. What a story! It, so let me go back and do the math. Were you pregnant in your mid forties then, having your first? Yes, baby? I was. Yes, I was. I had my son when I was forty six. You blew away everybody. Wait, were you overweight at that time? Yes, I was. And you still got pregnant because it Science. does hinder <laughs> conception and. Um, the ovulatory process there because it's insulin resistance, that, nothing else other than insulin resistance. Wow. God wanted you yes, to have a baby. Yes, but we needed a lot of science because, you know, yeah. it's me and my wife. So uh, there there was a lot involved there with, a, it was all doctors and right. doctors I, I, visits. I took biology. Yeah. I mean, I understand yeah. that part. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about you personally in anyone, that's why I, w I was wondering in your teen years, or even if your twenties, if you tried to get pregnant, because overweight people have a harder time with conception because they don't realize the insulin resistance right. affects conception and pregnancy right. and ovulation. So, right. and there right. you were in your mid forties. Yeah. Yeah. So did you gain much weight pregnant? Yes, I did. I did. So good. Uh, let me go back a little bit. Yeah. In 2011, I had gotten to my highest weight, which was 369 pounds. I was humongous <laughs> and really struggling and I couldn't stop eating. So I had a gastric bypass. Right. And I lost over 150 pounds, I think, Good. from that. Good. And my lowest weight, which was when I got pregnant, was 213 pounds. Well, okay. no, I, I, when I met my wife, I was 213. By the time I got pregnant, I was already 235. It was okay. starting to come back up. Mm -hmm. And that's when we, we, we got married and then we, we got pregnant a, a, a few months after we got married. So by the time I was done being pregnant and done breastfeeding and, you know, I thought, oh, breastfeeding, everyone says that's magical and you'll lose all this weight. Mm, that did not happen for me. Probably because of insulin resistance. Insulin right? resistance, it's, sure. So when I was uh, after having my son, I just bounced back and forth twenty pounds between like in the two sixties to the two eighties, and I was two eighty four when I started intermittent fasting, and I would lose that twenty pounds and then regain it and lose it and regain it, and I was again trying everything I could think of. Uh, I was in a lot of mom's groups that were doing all these elimination diets, these powders and, and different uh, products and shakes and crap. Uh, it's just crap. It didn't work. I mean, it didn't it's, work. It yeah, didn't it work for me. Work it worked. It, it did work. I lost 20 pounds. Right. But then for a moment. I, for a moment. Yeah. But I was hungry all the time. I was not satisfied. And the weight came right back and well, it wasn't sustainable. I mean, it just goes back to that's why. The risk with gastric bypass is you're not a, and that's why Dr. Fung says obesity isn't a caloric problem. It's a hormonal problem until you address the hormones, peptide, YY, ghrelin, leptin, insulin, 
Yes, your stomach pouch might be smaller, but you could still be as hungry as anything, you know, and that's the risk. So I and have it doesn't client. change your behavior. It doesn't change it, your behavior. I have a client it, right now who's wanting to do. You. And the other thing people are doing now, because we're recording this in January. Yeah. Um, everybody's turned the calendar. This is the year, you know, da, da, da. But one of my clients said, well, I want to start next week because I'm doing a detox this week. And I'm like, intermittent fasting is a detox. You know, it because detoxing is just giving your liver a break and having holy, nutritious foods and good electrolytes. You know, you don't have to buy all the stuff. And, and right. Again, uh, it's, you know, marketing. So somebody's doing something right. The marketers are doing something right. But I'd like to talk to the people in three and six months that will say, no, I'm not going to do fasting. Let me just try this workout program. Let me try this. And I go, okay, I'll still be here. You know, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere because that that is a temporary band-aid, though it may get you to a goal. But again, if your leptin and ghrelin, especially, aren't communicating, ghrelin telling you your stomach's growling, you're hungry, leptin telling you you're full, then you're just kind of wasting your money. Yes, yes. And, you know, I tell everyone, you know, this is the only thing I've done that gets easier the longer I do it. And that's a great that thing diets to start off like we're gung ho and they yes. seem really, really easy, yes. but they're hard to keep doing. And yes. the elimination diets in the, the first few days of an elimination are easy because you have all this motivation and, you know, you go through, you clean out your house and you're cleaning out your body, but three or four days in the cravings start and you have nothing to prevent you from taking action on those cravings and your resolve gets weaker because you yeah. don't have that initial motivation anymore. And, and to me that it, it just, it, it's not, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that yo-yoing. I don't want to feel that up and down. Such of, a cycle. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you have cravings now? Sometimes I have cravings. Since you've been sugar-free you know, not, not a hundred percent, but I'm sure right. you're pretty obedient. What do you do then on those days where you want the chocolate, want the dessert? Yeah. So I have my go-to things that really satisfy me that I find delicious and are a treat. I don't do them every day, but one of them is I take heavy cream and I whip it, yeah. but it's not whipped cream because there's, I don't add sugar. So it's just heavy cream with a splash of vanilla that I whip yeah. up with my hand mixer and I'll mix that with fresh fruit and I'll eat, I eat fruit, so uh, whole fruit. Good. Good. So I mix that up with whatever variety of whole fruit I can find and I have my own little cocktail and I'll throw some nuts on there sometimes, like I like some pistachios on there for Sounds crunch. Sounds wonderful. Because it gives you the so crunch delicious. of the nuts, the salt, and then the little bit of sweet. In fact, European mm -hmm. desserts that creme fraiche is mm -hmm. very similar to that because you don't have to, it, Americans, I think, ruin <laughs> that by adding all the powdered sugar. But I love doing what you're talking about. And that's a great yeah. option because we yeah. all need to lessen our sugar intake. Everybody listening. I can tell you that across the board. 
Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I'll do is if I don't have enough time to whip up some whipped cream is uh, I'll just take an apple with some uh, cheddar cheese or I like a Yalsberg cheese and just have some hard cheese with apple as a finisher. And the fiber in the apple really <laughs> fills you up. And Girl, the cheese, I'm going the to eat fats. it when we finish the interview. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so good. Because again, it's the crunch. Some of that to me is sensory. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. want the crunch and salt of something. So that's why I miss chips, though mm-hmm. I don't really eat them. I mean, it, I've said before, my granddaughter's here and she, know, you know, their grandkids know where the crap is. So she's mm-hmm. like, oh, can we have some chips? And you all eat some Cheetos with her. But then you realize eating the Cheetos, you never get a satiety. You never have the moment where you think you're full. So that's why. And so I just push it away. But sometimes I just want the crunch and salt of some things. And you just, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Great coaching advice right there. (laughs) Now tell me some of your non-scale victories, your NSVs, because I know you have many. I do. I actually write them down in a journal because I I like to, it's motivating for me to be able to write them down. And then when I'm having, you know, motivation comes and goes, it's not there a hundred percent. And when I get into a low spot, going back and remembering why I'm doing this, part of it is those non-scale victories. So, but my, my favorite one is airplanes. Uh, so when I was morbidly obese, going on an airplane was a horrendous, mm. torturous feeling. That hurts my I heart would, for you. I, I would almost have a panic attack mm-hmm. until I was on the plane in my seat uh, because I was always Wait, having did, to be strategic. Did you have to buy two seats? Or- yes, that beca- that started oh. to become a thing. It wasn't a thing in the beginning. Like yeah. I didn't know about that. I just tried to stuff myself in and I would come off the plane with black and blue marks up and down my legs. Um, my my body shape is pear. So I, I carry my weight more on my bottom. And so uh, my legs would be crammed in between the seats and the uh, I would have black and blue marks and I would try and contort myself to fit into the seats. Uh, I remember one plane trip where, you know, all the seats were taken, right? I'm on, I always try to get the window because there's a little bit more room on the window uh, side. Oh, there is? The aisle oh. side, you know, there's more room, but you got everybody, everybody's um, bumping into me. Coming down and the aisle. Like I'm spilling over and then mm-hmm. the, the beverage cart is always banging mm-hmm. into me. So I like the window. There, there seems like there's just a little bit of extra yeah. space there. Uh, but there, so there was somebody in the middle seat who kept mashing down on the headrest or the oh, armrest, armrest that's yeah. between us. And it wouldn't go down because my leg was there. And I could not, oh, there was no, there, I tried. There was nowhere for me to go. And I know they knew that like, it's not mm-hmm. like it was broken. It's that you're mm-hmm. coming up against a person. Mm-hmm. And I had like bruise. So such a bruise. And I was, I don't want to do this anymore. Having to get on. And the first thing when the flight attendant greets you, hi, can I have a seatbelt extender, please? Oh, you, know, oh, you have the, to ask them. I didn't know. You have how to ask them worked. for a seatbelt extender. You have to 
and uh and then yeah so i started buying two seats and then there's the people who are like how come you have an extra seat like i would do it on southwest where there's uh, uh you know they're like there's no there's yeah. no saving seats mm -hmm. and i'm like but this seat i have a i have a tag mm -hmm. that says mm -hmm. nobody can sit in this seat and people would get so mad at me really like, i bought this extra seat by the way right and also this seat is you know do you really want to sit here can't you see i'm taking up half mm -hmm. i'm taking up one full seat and another half of another seat really so you, you really you had to contend with people yes oh all everybody the time. hush yeah. just everybody yeah. mind your own business right right because no, they it, don't. Yeah. i know it was those were humiliating days have you flown since your svelte allison yes. is a part of yes. the world oh my goodness it, Does it feel i cry so good? i oh. cry i mean we just went uh, when did we, when was our last flight? November, we went back for my niece's bat mitzvah and I can sit in the seat, the armrests come down and there's space between me and the armrests. That makes I me can cry put, for you. I'm I, so happy. I can put the, the ta tray table down and it rests yeah. flat. The tray table never rested flat for me and I could never pull it out. It was always up because my stomach was there. Oh, oh I cry. I cry. I, can, I am happy to sit in the middle seat now and it's fine. Like Cause I that's where the skinny person sits. I can sit there. And okay. So what is your physician or any healthcare provider who hasn't seen you? Please tell me that they're telling all their patients about intermittent fasting. <laughs> I hope so. I've told my doctor, that's what I'm doing. She's so thrilled with me. I mean, the Good. number one health marker that has been her, uh, thing with me has been my high blood pressure. I always had high blood pressure. I was on medication and still had high blood pressure. And I'm not on medication anymore. And my blood pressure, they now tell me it's boring. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, is your thyroid good and all those things? It is now. It wasn't. I, I've been on thyroid medicine in the past. And now wow. my thyroid is functioning normally. I don't need I'm not on any medications anymore. That is amazing. And at your age, you probably have gone through menopause or close to yes. getting through menopause. I went because, through menopause. In yeah, intermittent fasting really helps with the, I don't think I ever had a hot flash to tell you the truth. Did I have you? some hot flashes, but they are not anything like what people describe where they're debilitating. I yeah. just get overheated yeah. and just need to like, just cool down. Cool and it up, takes yeah. like a minute and it's yeah. gone. But I went through the menopause year in 2020 during lockdown, oh, oh. doing Zoom oh, kindergarten with, with my with my oh, little guy. Oh my god, going through menopause! And I still managed to not only not gain weight, I I was still losing weight during that's that awesome. whole period of time, and that's because of intermittent fasting. I was yeah. still eating sugar and flour and all the things then, and it was still it's intermittent fasting that's the magic. Have you, um, and I talk about this with all my guests because it was so life-changing. I read Dr. Bickman's book, Why We Get Fat. Yeah. And he says that we now all need to be checking our fasting insulin. That's the biggest marker. And so I tested mine with my, I have a health coaching group that I met that meets at my nurse practitioner's office. So oh. we all tested it. And when mine came back, she said it was so low, it dinged, you know, that was almost dangerous. So I even reached out to Dr. Bickman and said, I'm at 2.2. .2. And 
And he said, don't let them tell you anything different. You're fine. Because then it said, I could put myself at risk now for dementia and, <sighs> and um, type 2 diabetes. He said, I tell you, no, you're fine. Because they want to put you on a medicine. You're fine. Have you tested your fasting insulin yet? No, I have not. Yeah. I am I am just now reading uh, that book. Oh. And so I I am loving everything about what he said. I, think I heard I'm him on a, a podcast. And, yes, yeah. I, I heard him on a podcast over a year ago, kind of tried to track him down. And then this book came out and it's it's so I listened to it on Audible. I'm probably on my third time listening to it because he knows the science. I mean, he has a PhD in these things, and I forget what the term is, that even Dr. Fung is a medical doctor. That's a different type of science, you know, and, and the two of them work together. They, in fact, Dr. Bickman was at a conference with Dr. Fung recently, and they both presented something because they both bring so much to the table. So I think that's a, that's good advice. And I'm sure you would agree with me is, and you did it, search out all the science you can find Yes. about this ancestral way of eating that gives your digestion a break. And now will everyone lose 140 pounds like you have? I don't know. I mean, you, I, I, you have the best success story I think I've ever heard. Oh, well, I, what I know is I just fast one day at a time. And this was not my goal when I started. This is like way beyond what I even imagined my body yeah. was even capable of. All I wanted was to get like, my first goal was to be to 212 pounds. So I could be just one pound lower than when I had been after the gastric bypass. Yeah. And then my next goal was just to get to Wonderland. And I wow. would have been happy. And Wonderland and then, meaning one is one, the first number. A one yes. and the beginning of my numbers because yeah. I'd never as an wow, adult Allison. had a weight that was not either in the 200s or the 300s. Are you serious? Because looking oh, yeah. at you, you look like a person who's always weighed 140 pounds. I never, never. This is this is all new to me. So your skin is clearly popped back. You don't look saggy anywhere. And, and I'm sure I'm not seeing you in a bikini and I'm not asking to. But you know, there are things you're maybe critical of, but you don't yeah. have that look. And remember, that was the look that we used to see on the people who lost a lot of weight or did low fat or sometimes the gastric bypass. They looked um, saggy through here, yeah. through their face. Yeah. You I don't? have a lot of people ask me about loose skin. Do I have any? Yes, I do. I do not wear bikinis. But when I wear clothes... You can't see it. No. And I, I feel I fantastic. That. So well, I don't care. I'd rather be like this with some wrinkly skin than fill it back all up with fat. Right. I mean, well, you're beautiful and you are you. a great inspiration to so many people. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Lisa. This has been so much fun. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.